Choose the light. Choose the light. Let's open our Bibles to our theme, I mean the, um, the scripture for, our, for the theme of the month, which is John chapter 8, verse 12. John chapter 8, verse 12. I read, John 8, 12. I want to believe it is on the screen. It says, and Jesus spake again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Jesus is the light of the world, and he that follows him will not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Over the days or weeks, we've been uh, we've talked about this in different ways. One of the areas, some of the things that have been said is the word light there is illuminate that Jesus is the illuminate precisely John chapter 8 the word light that what he's talking about is Jesus being the light that illuminates the men Jesus being the light that illuminates men so Jesus is the one that we see through and also we've talked about the fact that I think I mentioned right here that um, Jesus is um, being in the light means being in Jesus because Jesus is the light of the world. So I think on Thursday, I made mention that a man that is in purpose, in purpose meaning a man that is in line with following the teachings and the messages and the life of Jesus is a man that is in the light. So being in the light is being in Jesus. Being in the light, that's the exact scriptural meaning. That you are in the light means that you are in Jesus. That doesn't necessarily, it's not just saying that you are in a, in a place that you can see. As a matter of fact, today we'll go further to make us understand what it means to see. Uh, what scripturally it means to see. So, um, Jesus lightening the world or lightening, giving us light is a, I think I've also mentioned here, that is a spiritual thing that has physical or direct expression of physical consequences of physical expressions uh, I made mention that when he said he that followeth me will not walk in darkness but will have the light of life I made mention that the life that is talking about there is life as God will have it which means soteria and what that means is that we have life in the capacity that God has it, has it. and this soteria or the life as God has it is the type of life that has physical expression. In other words, you have, lightening your life means that you have a spiritual experience that has physical expression or physical consequences or physical blessings, so to say. Let me use the word blessings. So, something happened to you spiritually, but people around you can feel it physically. So, a person that has the light of God is not hidden is actually obvious. It can be seen. It's not obscured. In fact, the word darkness means obscurity. Obscurity. Um, in, in, in building, there is something we call obscured glass. Obscured glass is something that, um, the kind of glass that is, um, that is oh, well, we use another word called opaque. In other words, it is, it is um, you can't see through it. It's not clear. You can't see the other side. You know, normally glass, you should be able to see the other side. But obscure glass, you can't see the other side. Everything is, you know, you can't see. The image is not clear. The image is off. So, in other words, being in the dark is not necessarily, is not necessarily talking about when Nepal is taking light per se or walking in dark. It's talking about a condition of humanity when humanity walks in obscurity. Praise God. So, the world is in a dark place, not because there is darkness in the world, but because humanity is in obscurity. Because people's heart is dark. People cannot see. Praise God. We will get there as we go on. So, but there is one thing that is also, that we cannot, I mean, if we talk about Jesus being the light of the world, there is one thing we cannot avoid. Because there is, we might not know Jesus physically, but we know him through something, and it is through the word of God. And thank God for the scriptures, or precisely thank God for John, because John, thank God for John, because John made us realize 
that the true word of God is the light of God. The true word of God is even Jesus. We are going to be reading it together in the book of John chapter 1. Can we go there together? John chapter, I know we are, you are familiar with, you, you, you should be familiar with this scripture, but I want us to look in between the lines so that we can uh, digest it properly. John chapter 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, singular. Um, the word, I mean singular. The word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. Without him, nothing was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Let me read it again. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. In fact, this verse 4 helps us to uh, chorus what um, uh, John chapter 8 verse 12 was saying when he said he that wouldn't that doesn't I mean that follows me will not walk in darkness but have the light of life and that is what he's talking about here he said in him was life in God was life in Christ rather was life and the life was the light of men so verse 5 and the light shines in darkness and darkness comprehended it not there was a man sent from God who was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness to the light. Uh, and all men through him might believe. Whom did John bear witness to for Bible scholars here? Jesus, right? John bore witness to Jesus. And you can see clearly that this place is talking about, when he, every time he's mentioning the word, it's talking about Jesus because it came from, the, from just calling him the word, um, verse 5 said, talked about, um, verse 6 rather, it said, there was a man sent from God, sorry, verse 7, the, the same came for a witness to bear, that's John, came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. Bear witness of the light. Light. The person that we know that John bore witness to was Jesus. So he was talking about Jesus when he's talking about the light and when he's talking about the word from the beginning. Because, I mean, I'm, I'm sure um, you read, you could remember in verse 4 when he said, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. So this is how the name of Jesus, I mean, or should I say, the personality of Jesus has been changing in this verse. From the beginning, he said the word, from that, he said, In that word, he called that word him, he personalized it, he called him him. And in him, that word is life. So he said, so from life, he said, the light became the light of men. So he now said that the same came for, I mean, sorry, uh, to bear witness. We're not talking about John, that John bore witness to the light. So if John bore witness to the light in the life that we're talking about, the person that we know that John bore witness to is Jesus. Hallelujah. So verse 8 says, he was not the light, but was sent to bear witness to the light. That was the true light which lighted every man that come into the world. Can we all read verse 9 together? Is it on the screen? Verse 9. Can we read it together? One, two, go. Can we read it with passion? Can we all look at the screen and read it with passion? One, two, go. All right. This is so obvious. It is an obvious fact that the light of God, which is Jesus, which is the word of God, has been given to every man on earth, not only believers. It's to light the world. Jesus is the light of the world. Not just light for believers, but is the light of the world, of the world. And also, one way we can interact with this light is through the word, because we found out in that John, uh, that we just read, chapter 1, that it is inside the word that the life of, uh, the light of life is. It is inside the word that the light of life is. And the word in, it, it, here is talking about Jesus. And Jesus in the Bible uh, is, um, the Bible says, um, uh, uh, 
Paul said in, um, in, uh, in um, uh, Romans chapter 1, he said, I'm not afraid of the gospel of, um, of, uh, of, the gospel of Jesus, for it's the power of God to everyone who, who believes. You see, Jesus has been documented as the word in the Bible for us so that we can understand that the word is what God has to say to us in person of Jesus. I don't know whether that kind of uh, helps to make sense to us, but let me, let me try to break it down a bit. The word is Jesus. The word is what God has to offer us. And inside this word is the life of God same way, this life, inside this world is the light of God. And this light is what lightens the world. It's, it's the same light that is called the light of life. So therefore, um, God has given us the word in person of Jesus. And if God has given us the word in person of Jesus, therefore, God has given us the light in person of Jesus. And if God has given us the light in person of Jesus, that means the word of God is the light of God. Praise God. Praise God. So, is the same person bearing different, um, with, from different perspective or different situations uh, at different circumstances in our life. The same person, Jesus is the light of God. Jesus is the word of God. What this is saying in essence is that our, the, the reason why the Bible was documented, I think we've said it repeatedly, that the Bible here, that the Bible is not the word of God. The word of God is Jesus that was documented in the scripture. So therefore, when we are reading the Bible, because the Bible contains a lot of things, you know, a lot of people's words. But every time we read the Bible, what our job is, is to find out who Jesus is in the Bible. And as I taught on Thursday, Jesus is the mark of humanity. Jesus is the mark that God has placed on it that humanity should follow, should be like. Jesus is the type that we should be like. It's just like humanity was lost, was in darkness. And Jesus was like, how, I mean, God was like, how should I show these people how they should live their life? How should I make people to understand what their life is meant to be? It's just like, um, you know, you are being taught to become um, whatever your profession is, an architect, or a doctor, you are being taught to become a doctor. If you want to become a doctor, you don't start studying architecture. Praise God. You want to be a footballer, you don't learn to be a basketballer. You want to learn to be a basketballer, you don't learn to be a footballer as well. You don't, you know, you focus on what you are to be like. In fact, man will not find purpose until he knows what is meant to be like. He will not be satisfied with any other thing. Why? Because he was created specially for something. If something is created specially for something and is being used for another thing, it is abuse. It's an abuse. There will never be satisfaction until you find what you are created to be like. Jesus is an example of what humanity was created to be like. Any man that doesn't have Jesus is in darkness, is in obscurity, because he is not walking in the direction that God has created him to be like. And you know, one of the things that could scare people is, so what is Jesus' life like? I mean, what does that mean? Is it like I'm meant to be, maybe Jesus was just an evangelist that was moving from one place. Am I meant to be an evangelist? No, no, no. He's not talking about, uh, I mean, his ministry. He's talking about his life. Jesus did not, Bible says in John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus said, I've come, <clears throat> thieves have come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I've come that ye might have life and have it abundantly. Is talking about the quality of life that Jesus has. He's not talking about Jesus' profession because Jesus was a carpenter. Hello? I know a carpenter can encourage himself when they ask him, why did you choose carpentry? Because my father, Jesus, was a carpenter. I felt within me that I need to be like my father. You know, I can be, as an architect, I sometimes say, find a way to connect my profession to what God has done on it. So when sometimes, when I said, I'm, I'm just following my father's business. 
Why? Because my father created the earth. And before he created the earth, he envisioned the earth in his head. And he created this beautiful humanity. So I used to say to myself that it's just, I'm just doing like the work of God. <laughs> but I can encourage myself that way. That's beautiful. But listen, when, when we are talking about what Jesus, what, I mean, Jesus being the marker for humanity, we are talking of the quality of life that God has given humanity. What is meant to look like. What that life can do. So, a human being or a, a, a person that is not working to achieve that light, a, that is not working in the direction, that is not aligning himself or herself in the direction of that quality of life, is walking amiss, is walking in obscurity, is walking in darkness. Hello? Hello? So, you are, we are called to have, to be like Jesus, to have the quality of life. And if you want to explain, if you want to talk furthermore on what the quality of life of Jesus could give, we could see from Jesus, from the life of Jesus, the beautiful things he did. He could love, he could love, he could love, he could sacrifice, he could give, he could befriend, he could, be, uh, he could help. He, he did a lot of things when he was on the surface of the earth. And these things, one important thing that we need to realize is that they were just not things that were done just for doing sake. They were things that were done genuinely from a place of interest and love and care for others. Praise God. You know, we can say we want to be like God. We can say we walk in light. There is a scripture uh, that I came across. Um, uh, I'm trying to see. where Was it John that was saying it? He said that when a, when a believer says he's walking in the light and he doesn't have love for his brother, that he's lying. He's walking in darkness. So he shouldn't think that, you know, um, it's just, I mean, it's just you having the light. What, what he's talking about is also it's like you have a transformed life, a life that is beautiful, that is, that is giving, that is sacrificial, that is helpful, that is, you know, that is inspiring. Praise God. So Jesus is the quality of that life. So the word of God is Jesus. The word of God is Jesus. The word of God is the light of God. The word of God has come to restore us back to our God-designed identity or God-designed setting. Praise God. The word of God is like the code that God has for computer people. It's like the code that God has uh, designed that when it's installed in humanity, humanity will be restored to the purpose he created humanity for. That means that there is a possibility that humanity can be derailed so much that you, you are out of what you are created for or you are out of what you are meant to be and you are enjoying that thing. You are enjoying it. But you know, when you come across the truth, it might be a difficult thing to be able to turn, you know, back from where you are going. But it doesn't change the fact that this is what you are created for. You need to choose it. Praise God. Praise God. I'm trying to say that sometimes it's so difficult for us to, uh, me, to agree with something. It's so, it's so difficult for us to, you know, sometimes people, you know, could say that, um, you know, there are some, for example, to love. It might be difficult to love. It might be difficult to sacrifice. It might be difficult to be caring to your neighbor. It might be difficult to do all those things. But the truth is that you were designed to be a giver. You were designed to be sacrificial. That's what you were designed for. Because Jesus was like that. You were designed to be kind. You were designed to be caring. That's how you are designed to be. But you are designed that way in Jesus. Why? Because if you don't believe in Jesus and his ministry and his works, it will be difficult for you to understand the genuineness of that. Because you can be kind, you can be nice, you can be giving, and yet not genuine in your heart. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Hello? Do you understand what I'm trying to say? You can be, you can be those things, but yet it's not genuine. 
People do different things for different purposes. I, you, you, you probably might not even know why. The only point is, point person you can know the reason, that mean, that can know the reason why he or she is doing something is you. You only are the one that knows yourself. So that's why Jesus is the marker. Because we could see that Jesus did things genuinely. And most of all, he was so genuine with it that he gave his life for it. You know, the Bible says that rarely will a good man give his life for another good man. Rarely. As in to give your life, I mean, to give your life for another good man. Rarely would you see someone do that. But Jesus did not just do it for a man. He did it for the humanity. You see, that's how much he was genuine in his giving. Because his, you see, I believe one of the reasons why the difficulty of Jesus going to the cross, you know, you know, remember that difficulty when he went to the Father and said, Father, if, let the cross, cross pass over me. And he said later on, let thy will be done. You remember that? I, I, I believe the reason why the Holy Spirit allowed us to see that is to make, you, make us understand that Jesus actually chose the path that he was going. He was not forced to do it. You see, that's how genuine Jesus' love is towards us. That's how genuine it is. That's how genuine. So, you are, just, you are not just kind outside but within you is a transformation that happens inside you, inside your spirit, and it becomes something that is viral around you. It becomes something that is infectious, something that is inspiring to the people around you. So when you smile, you are truly smiling from your heart. Not the kind of smile that you are like, if I kill you. <laughs> you know those smiles that you have killed the person in your mind, but you are like, Deceiving the person is genuine. It's genuine. <laughs> I'm just remembering some instance on the road when someone would drive rubbish, and you're like, <laughs> ah, if I deal with you, you're laughing, oh, but in your mind, you know that guy, you have slapped this guy two times or three times. You know, not that type. You know, when you smile, you are genuinely smiling. When you want to help, when you are offering to help, you are genuinely offering to help because you care. You know, the Bible talks about love, and it said that even if I give all I have to the poor and yet doesn't have love, that I'm like, uh, I'm doing, like, like what? An empty symbol, or what do you say? Uh, a clanging symbol. Uh, it means that you can give all you have, and yet it's not genuine. People give what they have for what they want to get. Sometimes it might, they can sound so genuine with doing it. But humanity, human beings are very smart at saying what they need to say to get what they get as well. It's called persuasion. <laughs> they know how to persuade. They know how to get people to... So they will say every beautiful thing, script every... I mean... <laughs> Humanity, human beings can do that. We are smart. But what God is interested in achieving in our lives is that we are transformed completely from within. And that's why Jesus is the mark. And in fact, that's what makes Christianity a different religion from every other religion. That's what made Je You see, there were people who came after Jesus. People had come before Jesus. You know, when they saw John, they thought maybe, are you the guy? Let us know whether you are the guy or not. John said, I am not the guy, but I'm here to bear witness to the guy. There were people before Jesus. There were people after Jesus. What set Jesus out or made him different is how genuine he was with his giving, his caring, his, and what he has to offer, which is forgiveness of sin. Listen. Hardly would you find a religion that offers forgiveness. If I say forgiveness, forgiveness and redemption. Redemption means your sin has been forgiven and it has been paid for. So therefore, you know, your, your sins have been paid for. Someone has gone to the prison for your sake. Hardly would you find a religion that will give you that. 
So Jesus is the man. Jesus is the light. It, it, it illuminates men. So the word of God has been given to us in the person of Jesus so that we can be restored to the designed, uh, 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 the, 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 uh, the nature of God that God designed for us in his life. So that we can be restored to the quality of life that he designed us for. So if we want to have that quality of life, what do we focus, do we focus on? We focus on the life that has achieved it. We focus on the life that he gave to us as an example, which is Jesus. And that's who we read from the word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that's why when John said it, uh, that he that walks in me will walk, I mean, will have the light of life. And I said that the meaning of light there is illuminating the heart of, illuminating men, that Jesus is the illuminator of men. So men, I mean, we need to start looking at Jesus. You know, it's just like we have mentors and mentees and all that that want to be like or people want to, want to model our life after and all that. Whoever you want to model your life after. It's beautiful. You're, you know, uh, for people who do business, we have business mentors. People, we feel that their success, their type of success is what you like in your business. You model your business after that type of success so that you can achieve it. Just like that. Jesus is the type that we focus on spiritually to be able to achieve what God has designed for us um, spiritually. Hallelujah. Now, the next place thing I want to now make us realize is this, which I feel is the most important aspect of it. Let's read 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 to 4. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. Can we all read it together? One, two, go. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. Go on. Whose minds the God of this age has blinded. Who do not believe lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who the image of God should shine on them. Pause. Let's read another place again. I think Minister Peter read that place. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6. Okay, let's read it together. One, two, go. For it is God. Can we, can we read it with some passion? Can we go? One, two, go. Who has shown... Where has he shown? Where has he shone? All right. The, the, the previous scripture we read, he said the God of this age has blinded their what? Where, what has he blinded? Let's go back there. Let's go back there. Second Corinthians 4, verse 3 to verse 4. Whose what minds the God of this age has blinded? He looks somehow, doesn't it? Why? Because if they say somebody is blind, what does it mean? That they can't see. That means that they, ha they don't have the capacity to see with their eyes. But here he's saying their minds have been blinded. I don't know what they call this in English. Maybe <laughs> when you use words like this, that you know, that, but it's trying to communicate something to us. That one thing we should realize is this. That our mind is, well, is what has been blinded or we cannot see with. Because we, as, as believers or as people, we see with our minds, not necessarily with our eyes. And not, not just only that. The aspect of God shining his light or the understanding about God shining his light is not, is not talking about how we can see with our eyes. It's talking about how our minds operate. It's talking about our understanding of our nature. So he said, the God of this age has blinded their mind. 
2 Corinthians that we read earlier said God who has commanded light to shine has shined in our hearts. Normally it's meant to shine before our eyes so that we can see. But it shined in our hearts. It's saying something to us. And that's why um, I think last week and on Thursday I mentioned it. That the presence of darkness on the earth is not because there is no light. It's because the heart of man is dark. So the understanding about the light shining, I mean, when Jesus said we have the light of life, what he's talking about is that we come alive inside of us, in our minds, in our heart. He's not talking about just what we can see with our physical eyes. He's just using the concept of how the eyes see to explain how the mind works in direction of the understanding of God or the life of God. So light shining to us as humanity is we having a change of mind. And having a change of mind means you had a way you were thinking before. You had a way you used to think before. But when the light of God comes now, he has come so that you can change that your former way of thinking. When the Bible says when a man is in Christ, behold, he is a what? All other things, are, all things are what? So the process of light shining in darkness for humanity is a renewal of mind. Is a renewal of mind. The word heart there, when it says um, the light of, I mean, God who has commanded light to shine in darkness has shined in our hearts. The word heart there in the the scripture, most of the light in the New Testament, often refer to mind. In some situations, it's just trying to, uh, in many situations, it's trying to explain the dynamics of the, I mean, the place, the seat of decision, the seat of process of humanity, of where man uh, brings out inspiration from. That's what he's talking about. So he's talking about your mind, invariably. So God lightening us, giving us light, is shining in our hearts. And I say that, you know, the, the, the darkness on the earth is not because there's no presence of light. Because Jesus in the, is, in, is, on, is, is with us here, isn't it? Is Jesus with us? So if Jesus is with us, then we have the light of God. It means that the light of God is present. But the problem is that the heart of man is dark. That's why man cannot see. And I think I said at the beginning, you know, that for a man, for there to be darkness, there are three conditions. It's either there is truly darkness. It means there is, is that there is absence of light. Even though you can see, there is absence of light. Or there is presence of light and there is inability to see. That is, the person doesn't have eyes. Then the third aspect is the person chooses not to show, not to look at the light. The person can see there is light, but the person closes his eyes. Abby, am I wrong? No. And you want to know the interesting thing? The light of God has been shining even from the Old Testament. Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1, that I'm sure that most of us are familiar with. Bible says, arise, shine. For thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. So, the problem is about you arising and shining. The problem is not about the presence of the light. When you are in darkness, in darkness, what I mean is, when you are in a state of obscurity, when you are in a state of confusion, there is always the presence of the light of God there. Most of the time, the question is whether you have opened your heart for that light or not. So the earth is filled with darkness. Yes, as I said, the darkness covered the earth and gross darkness is people. But he said, but the Lord shall rise among his people. The Lord has risen among his people. The light of God is shining today. The question is, the heart of man 
is dark and you are not receiving it. You are faced with choices every day. You are faced with choices every day. In fact, whether you like it or not, whether you make choices or not, choices are made. Is that not so? If you dis- the fact that you are not making a choice is a choice you have made. Do you understand what I mean? So, if you decide not to put your mind at to work, your mind will work on your behalf. Well, scientists even say is that when you are sleeping, the dreams you are having are a reflection of your mind at work even when you are sleeping. So, they are reflections of your thoughts that are just coming in different projections. So, my guy, <laughs> let me say my guy, my people, if you don't take charge of your life, if you don't take charge of things and allow the light of God to shine in your heart, listen, by itself, your heart or your mind will take decisions for itself. And you, your life will begin to go in a direction that you don't have control over because you never chose it. And you won't know the funny thing. The choices that your mind is making, they didn't just emanate from anywhere. They came from environmental influences. Because whether you like it or you are living in this world, this world is saying things every day. That's why the book of 2 Corinthians said, the God of this age has blinded their mind. In other words, you see, what is happening around us in the world today, they are saying things to your mind. They are giving you fear in your mind. In fact, in some situations, you are having panic attacks. In some situations, you are having different thoughts that are flooding your mind about security, insecurity, for example, about whether you have a job tomorrow, about whether you know, there will be food on the table, about whether there will still be Nigeria in the next 10 years. Or, you know, they are flooding your mind. And indirectly, you are not giving them choice, so you are not saying anything. Because you are not saying anything about them, they are settling in your mind, subconsciously. Because, you see, the mind sees and when the mind sees, the mind, the mind doesn't forget. Eh? The mind doesn't forget. It's there. So if you don't take control of your mind, what I mean by take control now is not just that you are taking control per se. What I mean by taking control of, of, your, of your mind now is that if you don't start allowing your mind to think on spiritual or right things, if you don't allow your mind to be fed with positive or right things or the light of God, then your mind will keep giving to you what it has picked from the environment. So your life will just begin to go in a direction that you will just keep telling yourself, I don't know how I got here. I don't know why. It's because you never allowed your mind. You see, the truth is that I won't lie to you. Sometimes it's difficult for you to change your mind because there are some things you have built up over the years that you believe that's who you are. That's how it has been for you. But the truth is this. The word of God says something. And he says this is the way you were created to be. You look at the life of Jesus. You see that Jesus has clarity. Jesus had clarity. I mean, it could look like a man that sometimes he doesn't know what he's doing. Because in a minute he could just say, let's go to Jerusalem now. Let's go. Say, ah, but uh, there is storm and everything. Okay, you people can meet me over there. I will join you. We'll count. Because nothing stops him. Nothing stops him. Jesus can wake up and say, it's time to go and preach the gospel. Jesus is not stranded by anything. It might look as if he doesn't, have, he doesn't have a plan. But every minute he knows exactly what he wants to do. He's clear. You see, that's why the Bible talked about a man of the spirit. He said, you don't know where he's coming from and you don't know where he's going. But you can feel him. So what I'm saying is this you might not have the full comprehension of exactly what it is. You know Jesus. That's one thing you know. You might not know that, but every time, you know exactly what you should be doing and what you should not be. You see, you can get that clarity when your mind has been fed rightly, when you have allowed your mind to be fed rightly. It's a choice, my brother and sister. It is a choice. Listen, it is a choice. People have bad instincts. Instincts are not always good. There are instincts that are bad. I'm saying that at the, you see, it is what you feed your mind with that your mind will churn out to you. That's what I'm trying to say. 
And if you don't feed your mind, your, wife will feed, your mind will feed itself. It will find things to eat. And you know why? And you know the funny side of it, rather, is that the world is so chaotic and so dark that the only food the mind can eat are the junks that the world has to offer it. So your life will just keep... You see, what God wants are world changers, not people who just follow the world everywhere the world is going. There are people who can set markers. That's who Jesus was. Jesus changed the course of things, course of nature. Jesus changed systems. He changed things. He didn't just follow the way the world was going. He changed things. He stopped. I mean, it's like the world stopped to look at him. Like something is different. I mean, the world had to stop practically to look at him. Because he brought a news. That's what we were created for, my brothers and sisters. That's what we were created for. People are meant to look at you and pause and say there is something. No, 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 no. We cannot just be going the way we are going. There is a different way we can go. The presence of darkness in the world is not because there is no light. Tell your neighbor that. The presence of darkness in the world is not because there is no light. Is because the heart of man is dark and it needs to be illuminated by Jesus. So, light shining in the dark in the scripture is about you renewing your mind, allowing the light of God to shine. He said, The God who has commanded, look at it, look at it, look at this. God commanded light to shine. The word commanded. How do you think it feels? God commanded. He said light, shine. It was a command. It shows you how choice is involved here. That God commanded light to shine. And where did he say it should shine? He said shine in their heart, not in their eyes. Because a man can be blind physically, but yet he can see everything that is happening around him. With his mind. The fact that you are blind with your eyes is not the evil, is not the worst thing in life. When your mind is not active and your mind is dark, that's worse than being not able to see physically with your eyes. I am not saying that a blind shouldn't see. <laughs> if there is a blind <laughs> and the blind, you can pray for the blind, let them see. But I'm saying that don't think that that's the worst problem of life. The mind is much more, is much more instrumental. Praise the Lord. I'm going to the last part of this message. Please just go with me. The last place is, the last thing I want you to understand is this. You know, there is a scripture that I wanted to read to us um, where uh, they, start, they start church. A fantastic scripture. That's Second Peter chapter 1, verse 19, when he said, We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto ye do well that ye take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place, until the day dawn and the day star arises, not in your eyes, in your heart. You see star with your eyes, right? And star comes out in the night. You see it with your eyes. You say, no, the day star arises in your heart. In your heart. Beautiful scripture. So the last part of this is for you to understand this. That the light of God can shine. A man can have the ability to see that light or he can choose not to look at the light. He can choose to close his eyes. The aspect of choosing to look at the light. Isaiah chapter 60 that I read earlier said, Arise, shine. Why? For the light is come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. The word, 
sorry, the statement arise, shine. It's like it's telling you, you shine. Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they might see your good work and glorify your father that is in heaven. Listen, shining the light is a choice. You have to choose the light and shine it. Listen. When we came into the earth, we came with nothing. We came with nothing. It was when we got into the earth that we started acquiring different things. There is nothing that you came to the earth with that you will go with. You came into the earth with nothing. That means that everything that you are made of today, you picked it up from the earth. Right? That means that you can choose what you pick up on this earth. Yes, when we were a child, we behaved like a child. We thought as a child. We didn't pick some of these choices. We didn't pick our parents. We did not pick where we would live. We don't pick the people, the friends that we, we just got to school. It's the school that they put us in. That we are, but now we are mature. We are, we are of age. We can choose how our life goes. Now, it might look like an Ecclesian tax because the truth is some things have to be undone in your life. Some things have to be erased. It's a choice to say to yourself that this is the end of this thing in my life. Then you choose to look at the light. It's a choice. Listen, you came with nothing to this earth. I'm trying to make an understanding that there is nothing that you have today that you cannot live. And there is nothing that you have today, I mean that you need today that you cannot gain. Because you got all of them right here. You got them right here on this earth. So so therefore, if you got it right on this earth, you can live it. You can choose to live it. And you can choose to embrace something else. I'm saying that the power to choose is with you. In fact, the Bible says the power of life and death is in the tongue. You know why? Because you might not be able to choose what you, you can choose what you think, but sometimes you might not have the the full power to be able to select them because thoughts just, thoughts just come to your mind. I mean, many of you would know, I mean, on your own, that sometimes you might be sitting down and some thoughts just flood your mind. mind. But like somebody said, and I agree with, you don't fight thoughts with thoughts. You fight thoughts with words. If you think you can think otherwise, to fight a thought that invaded your privacy. You know, thoughts, they invade your privacy. That's what they do. They actually invade you. <laughs> Thoughts invade you. They invade you. They invade your privacy. But you can choose to say you're not going this direction. And if what you are thinking is that you are going to pick up another thought to fight it, listen, it's a joker. It can work sometimes. I'm not, I'm not you. <laughs> But you fight thoughts majorly with word, with knowledge. And the word of God has been given to us to even use at that. Because what the word does does is not just only, it's not just to be available for us at the time of use. The word of God cleanses. So you can choose to follow the light. There is nothing that you cannot, listen, there is nothing that can hold on to you that you say you cannot drop. Nothing. Nothing. Because you picked it on earth. Nothing that can hold on to you and say, nothing. You If you are of age, you have the right to choose. If you don't know how, it is knowledge that you lack. Simple. It's knowledge that you lack if you don't know how. 
And that is what is killing a lot of believers. The fact that, yes, we are within the light. We have the light around us. We have the capacity to see the light. But the capacity to choose the light. Or the discipline or the diligence to choose the light. That's what we don't want. The discipline to choose it. Like somebody said, I think it was the reverend that said it here, you don't serve God by transaction. In which many of us, many people would like that it is a transaction. So that I have something I'm giving for it. So that I can, you serve God by devotion. You devote yourself to it. It's a choice. To follow the light is a choice. To look at the light is a choice. Hallelujah. The light can be so obvious to you. Right there and then, you can be so obvious to you, but still, don't prerogate it, choose it. The Bible said in Philemon 1.6, That the communication of your faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. For we have great joy, that's verse 7, and consolation in thy love because the boils of the saints are refreshed by thee. So it's not that we are lacking in anything. It's not that we cannot see the light is that we need to choose the light. We need to choose it. And you want to know the interesting thing? You make choices every day. And inside those choices, the light is always present. The light is always present. It's easier for you to choose the light if you have been, if you have been relating with the light all through your lifetime. If everything you have been doing in your life, you have been allowing, you know, people often tell me, Pastor Nika, how do you, oh, no, not that they tell me or I hear. When they say, how do you hear God? I'm like, if you have relationship with him in the first instance, you understand him when he speaks to you. But many people don't have relationship with him. So therefore, when he speaks, they don't know. Jesus even said, I know the sheep of my, I know the sound of my sheep and they know my own sound. My own, I know my own people and they know me. Like somebody says, said to me when they say, every king calls the whole people, his people. He said they are his children. I mean, the king, we say, I say, say, but the king knows his own in the night when they come. <laughs> because everybody can call themselves the sons of the children of the king. But in the night, there are only few that sleeps in his house and have room in his house. So you need to choose to have a relationship with the father. You need to choose the light. You see, let me tell you something. In choosing the light, sometimes your body doesn't want to agree. Your senses doesn't want to agree. Even your mind fights against it sometimes. Abi, to do God's will sometimes is not difficult. <laughs> it seems difficult, but it is not. Because God's will come with the capacity to do. You just need to choose it. It is after you choose it, leave God to now help to take you to the end. You see, that's the gospel of God's grace. So that's about God's grace. That you choose God and God says, I will take you. I will take you to the end. The Bible says, for him who is able to keep us from falling and delivering us, you know, delivering us blameless and faultless before the throne of his grace. That's the gospel of grace. Just choose God and now allow God to help you get to the end. That's unmerited favor. God did not say, choose me. And now start working out to achieve. And now when you achieve this goal, you will get to this goal. No, God, there are goals. There are things you should achieve. But God says, when you choose me, my grace is sufficient for you to achieve every level of goal that I've placed before you. Listen, when God created steps and levels and hurdles in front of you, he also gave you solution on how to go across those hurdles. God did not just create hurdle for you and say, oh yeah, jump it. If you can jump it, I'll give you this. Listen, it is disservice and it is, it is wickedness for someone to just set up something that you, he knows definitely that you are not capable of. And he now says that you should do everything in your power to make sure you cross it. He knows you, got, you cannot cross it. Already he has determined your woe now and your failure. 
But what God did is that whatever order it is, he gave you the capacity. Like this, just choose me. When you choose me, the aspect of when you choose me every day is sufficient for you to cross every hurdle in life. Let the communication of your faith be effectual by acknowledging. Acknowledging is taking account of knowing fully well, accepting that you have the light, that every good thing has been given to you. Acknowledge it. Most of the time, you know why we don't acknowledge, um, or rather, most of the time, why we don't know what to acknowledge, because we don't take time to think about how beautiful what God has given us is. If you know the value of what you have in your hands, I believe it's enough for, to, to propel you for the next stage. I'm telling you, the hurdle that is right in front of you is not because they are bigger than you. It's because you don't have the knowledge of how big you are to be able to cross over that hurdle. It's because you don't have the knowledge of how strong you are. Jesus had to look at God and say, ah, that mighty man of valor. And the good job was like, who are you talking about? Are, are you normal? <laughs> you know, he was looking at himself like that. No, no, you're not saying, you're not talking about me. Gideon was practically giving God tests. Like, okay, for me to know that, you, are, you know, I'm going to put this in. Make, it, make sure you soak it. Jesus started setting fleas. If we have a knowledge of how strong, the Bible says, he that is in you is greater than he that is in the world. When he says he that is in the world, he's not saying, he's saying everything in the world. Everything that is in the world, you are greater. He said he gave him a name that is above every other name. That at the name of Jesus, every name must bow and every tongue confess that is, uh, that is Lord. And that name, he gave it to you. The huddle in front of you is not stronger than you. What you are having problem with is knowing how strong you are within you to be able to cross any huddle in life. Your problem is a mind problem. Your problem is not a size problem. It's not the Goliath that is in front of you. It's the Goliath that is in your head. The Goliath is not physical anymore. He has been killed. The Goliath now is in your head. You need to conquer the Goliath in your head. Jesus said in the Bible, he says, Behold, in the world you face trials and tribulations, but be of good cheer. What does that mean? Enjoy, rejoice. He said, I have overcome the world. Listen, what else needs to be overcome if inside of you the overcomer lives in you already? And that's why he could call you, say, You are more than conqueror. The Goliath now is not physical, it's in your head. If you, have, if you can cross the hurdle right here, the one in front of you is not the matter. Praise God. The problem of believers is about choosing the light. Not about the presence of the light. And not about, not about whether we have capacity to see. It's about whether we choose to see. I'm, going to, I'm saying to you today, go right in this week. You choose, you make choices every day. You choose every day. And you know the light when it shows. But the question is, do you want to choose it? If you are not choosing it, it's not because you don't have the capacity to choose. It's because you need to tweak some things in your mind that is not right. It's because your mind needs a renewal. That's why. The moment your body is resisting the truth, the moment your body is resisting the light, it is because your body needs some information that is missing, that you need to acquire. And it's not that those information are not there, but it's just because you have not Look at this. The Bible said in the book of Romans chapter 8, it said, he that is carnally minded is death. But he that is spiritually minded is life and peace. And the life that he said there is soteria also. This same life is the life that was explained in John chapter 8 verse 12 when he said, he that follows me will not walk in darkness but will have the light of life. So in other words, if you allow yourself to dwell 
in your mind, I mean, in, in, uh, uh, in the knowledge of the, 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 uh, uh, God's glory in your mind, if you allow yourself to dwell in the inspiration that God has given you, if you allow yourself to uh, allow the Holy Spirit to inspire you daily and have a fellowship, it's easier for you to just come into life and death. I mean, sorry, into life, not death, sorry. Life and peace, he says. So if you don't allow your mind to stay at the place it's meant to stay, it will go and stay in different places. And when it stays in those different places, the things it has acquired in those places are the things it will be giving to you. And when it gives you those things, those things will be, I mean, you practically feel it on your body. Me, I have I've said it before, and I think I said it on Thursday. One of the things is that I know <laughs> my feeling, my, my physical feeling has changed over the years. There are some things I used to feel over the years. If I mean I feel now, you know, there are some things that will be said that will create fear in you. You mention hell, for example, I'm scared. You mention whether will you, mention, will you make the kingdom of God or not, I am scared. But it's a different story now. If you mention it around me, I actually rejoice. I'm not scared. Why? Because I've been chosen by him and I will be delivered by him. So I'm excited. Why? Because over the years, I've fed myself rightly in that direction. So I'm trying to make you understand that if your body is not adjusting to agree with the truth, it's because you need to feed your mind rightly so that your body can get the right information. And sometimes some, some things are so attractive to your body, to your mind, that you don't want to leave you and you're like, should I leave this thing? Should I? They are so attractive to it. Listen, it's a mind problem. Just feed yourself. Keep continuing feeding yourself. Continue to feed yourself with the truth. And let the life of God, the soteria, the life of God, let it transform your reality. Rise up on your feet and let's pray together.